Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. At least last I checked. And, oh, <laughs> Bobblehead Nick I'm is back. <laughs> back and Mary's live. How you doing, sister? I'm doing great. It's great to be back in the chair. I miss being with you guys last week. Yeah, and, and as usual, when you're not here... Um, People ask, oh, oh, hey, hope you're doing okay. Are you uh, are you sick? It's like, <laughs> no, she just wasn't here for the podcast, and Nick's not here either. So uh, don't worry, Nick's fine. Uh, he's uh, just not able to be with us. We are all recuperating from three pretty intense weeks of travel, and uh, got some awesome things to report. And uh, that's really the title of our podcast, isn't it? It is, Father John. It's great to be able to put our suitcases away for about uh, maybe three more weeks. And so the topic for today is a prayer for repentance, reconciliation, and unity in the church, and especially the priesthood. So, Father John, before we tackle that one, will you pray us in? i to pray for that one. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, in these great days of Easter, and especially as we continue to get ever closer now to the celebration of Pentecost and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit, but we ask that uh, in our day and age, the Spirit would fall afresh upon the church, and especially today, we ask that the Spirit would fall afresh upon me and all my brother priests, that he would make us ever more united rid us of any and all division, any ways that the enemy tries to hinder the efforts uh, that you have entrusted to us, um, that he would be exposed, that we would repent, that we would be reconciled, that we would be united, so that we would be able to offer to the world what the world at large can't offer, which is a real home and a place where People receive the love and the affection and the care that they all genuinely not only desire but deserve. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Kind of felt like I, I should have just kept praying. That would have been probably a better podcast. Was just keep praying for this. But that's that's really what we're, we want to do. We want to encourage people to uh, to join us in some in kind of a very concentrated prayer right now as we head into uh, the Pentecost season soon. And so maybe we can just start, Mary, by uh, reporting out. So we mentioned we've been on the road and we've been in three different dioceses. Right. So what have we been doing? Right. So we, um, we've been in the Archdiocese of Denver. And then uh, I think we were home maybe a day or two and we were in the Diocese of Kalamazoo here in Michigan. Then we had a day respite and we packed up and we went out to the Archdiocese of Portland, Oregon. And it's been a remarkable three weeks of mission, Father. But it's great to be home. But my gosh, did the Lord move in power yeah, we've seen over these last things. number of we, weeks. We, you know, first and foremost, we want to thank people for praying. People often ask us, like, what, hey, what can we do to help? And uh, we say, well, we, we're looking for partners. And the first partners that we're looking for are people to pray for uh, the mission and the ministry that God has given to us, and nothing happens absent prayer. So for those of you who have been praying for us, we just want to thank you and uh, express how grateful we are. You know, I, I keep repeating over and over again in these days, Aslan is on the move. Like God, think, is. God is doing great things right now. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of ugliness happening both in the culture and in the church. But uh, this, is, um, this is a sign that the Spirit's moving. There's conflict happening. This is good stuff. And so uh, God is at work. Let's continue to try to uh, press into what he's asking of us. And uh, we want to give you a little report out on what happened. So 
Um, that's why we're, we're especially calling for prayer in presbyterates. So we want, we want to encourage people very concretely this week and heading into Pentecost to just pray in a specific way that God would expose division within presbyterates, that he would lead uh, me and my brothers to repent uh, and that he would bring us into greater mm-hmm. unity, right? So, so how, how did we get here? Like, what, what's so, the origin of all this? So, right? so Father, I'm thinking it would be helpful because um, it might be helpful for those who are listening to understand what it is we do yeah. when we're on the ground with the brothers for a set of days. Sure, sounds great. Yeah, so, so, so the first day as we go in, we gather the night before, and it's just a time of, it's, it's actually a time for our brothers just to breathe, to leave parish life behind, to come casually, to have a wonderful dinner, uh, just to have fellowship with one another, to kind of like close off everything that they have been swimming in for the last number of months and just come and be with one another in fellowship. And then the first full day that we do, uh, that we spend with the brothers is, Father John, you soak them in the gospel. Yeah, we just preach the gospel to them. So preach the kerygma more right, specifically. Right, right. So created, captured, rescued, response. And then at the end of that first day, we give an, the the priests an opportunity uh, to resurrender their lives after they've after you lead them through this beautiful meditation on John 18. John 21. I'm sorry. Yep, so no, it's, it's all right. It's oh. John 21. So, well, you could say both. John Did I say 18? 18? And John 21. I'm so sorry. So it's both Peter's betrayal. So you preach betrayal. on John 18 and, yeah. and his restoration, John yeah. 21. That's right. right. So it's both his betrayal and then so the, the right. two places where the charcoal fire shows up and it, it comes in different formats, but it's always a reflection on that, that, you know, so many priests are struggling with things that have happened in their lives since they got ordained. And, you know, the long and short of the reflection is, you know, Jesus saw everything that Peter was going to do before the Lord called Peter and he still called, called him. him. anyway. And so he's seen everything that's in your life since you got ordained and he still called you. So like, get up, let's go. There's work to do, right? And then you break open that next day. Um, we just did it for the first time this past week. And it was just a great uh, combination of both your testimony of what God's done in your own life and then some real great teaching on healing, um, which uh, Pope Benedict in one of his um, letters rather provocatively says uh, is actually the whole summary of the Christian life and the message of the gospel, if uh, you understand it correctly, right? So healing's the essential part of redemption because... Uh, to be healed is to be saved, to actually have common roots, you know, to be made whole entirely, body, soul, body, uh, mind, spirit. And and then that fed into an opportunity for guys as you both shared your testimony, testimony so beautifully and then also kind of exposed them in a particular way to some of the work of Bob Schutz down at the uh, JP2 Healing Center. So a big shout out to Dr. Bob and all the folks down there who are doing such great work. Of, of how to go deep in our own lives or rather to let the spirit go deep in our lives to expose what are those kind of under the ground roots that oftentimes give rise to what we're oftentimes either struggling with consciously or unconsciously or bring into confession or whatnot. And then we sent them to, we offered them, I should say, prayer ministry and a number of guys came forward to get prayed with. Uh, and then there were guys going to confession uh, so that, that's really kind of what we do when we're with the guys, right? It's a really intense retreat. It's a powerful time to be together and to be with the Lord. Uh, it, it's a lot. <laughs> and the guys tell us, like, this is intense, but that's no surprise. We're kind of intense, right? 
Yeah, so that's kind of a, a, a rough feel, at least for the first couple days, right? Right. And then, and then you always lead them through. It's really beautiful, right? This uh, this exercise that we do. What happens? Yeah. So you know what we want to do is, you know, after the first and second day, is just create some space for the priest for us to hear from them. Absolutely. To hear what the Holy Spirit is doing in their hearts. Um, over these two very intense days, and so which, oh, uh, by the way, we don't do very often with each other. Like we don't talk as priests real vulnerably with each other. People would probably be really surprised by that, but it's not a common thing. So when it happens, it's just—it's so, so rich, powerful. It's so rich and it's so beautiful. So they hear us for two very intense days, and it's not only important for us to hear, right, Father John, but it's so important for the brothers to hear from their other brothers. Oh, absolutely. And so we lead this exercise called thinking and feeling. And so it's just a kind of way, it's it's a way for us to hear what's happening in their minds and their hearts. And it's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And what we heard when we were on the ground these last set of weeks was just rather remarkable. Father. Yeah, so without naming where we were, because we don't want to, we want to keep the guilty uh, nameless, right? Um, something has, actually, it happened in every place. So uh, it's actually been happening for some time. It's very consistent. It's a lot like when Peter in Acts 2 is preaching and then hearts are cut and they go, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. So what's happening is the Spirit's moving in guys. It's like God is kicking things up, bringing things to light. Uh, And in a particular way, what was coming up has been coming up over and over again are things like what? So um, I, it's one word. It's division. Yeah. yeah. It's division and it's disunity. And we actually heard some of the brothers say that, that they had been to confession for the very first time and confess that they had been a source of division among their brothers. Yeah, don't be alarmed. It didn't mean that they went to confession for the first time. It meant that they were confessing division. With that, right. Yeah, no, 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 that's For the so first powerful, time, right? they confessed right. that they had been instruments of division. And, and I remember uh, on one particular occasion, one, one, one priest actually said, I am a divider. Yeah, that was so... And moving. that broke some serious ground. Yeah, and then another guy stood up and said, you know, like... I, I'm kind of like the older brother, and I've always been, if there's problems, you know, like put on your big boy pants. He says, I'm coming to realize maybe I'm the problem sometimes. It was so moving. We heard other things, right? What was... One one comment that touched me early on was a priest who said, we call one another brothers, Hmm. but I don't even know you. Like, I don't know about your life. I don't know about your hobbies. I don't know about your interests. I may know about you, but I don't know you. And you could tell, Father John, that there was a real desire for him to give voice to that. Yep. He wanted to know his yep. brothers. Yeah, he wanted to know them. And he wanted to be known. And with each, you know, every time one of these guys would stand up and say things, this is to, the, to an entire presbyterate, right? Heads are just nodding. So many, you can mm-hmm. see guys going, yes, that's been me too. Or they're feeling convicted or things are getting stirred up. We even saw, you know, like one of the most moving things of all was, you know, one of the bishops standing up and just taking acknowledgement of, you know, I, I recognize I've got some areas in my own life that when, you know, I act out of, I'm, I'm treating you in ways that I don't want to treat you. And, and it just led to an eruption of gratitude from his priests. And it was such a wonderful example of leadership, right? And the, and the mm-hmm. response from his, you know, spiritual sons was just so moving, right? It, it, it so these are the things that are happening. That's, right. that's what's behind this call for repentance, reconciliation, and unity. Because 
there's so much more still to do and that God wants to do, right? Because right, and you know, like mm-hmm. stepping back from the immediate context of of what we saw, like I think we all acknowledge I know I do. Like I don't handle the different well. No, we don't. We do. We we make a lot of judgments, and we make a lot of assumptions about whoever that other is. And just to just to hear some of the priests talk about um, some how they play into some of the division, and to hear some of the guys talk about. I have a particular attitude about the newly ordained. Yeah, right. Or, I mean, uh, tragically, this isn't just in the culture, it's in the church, right? right? I mean, there's supposed to be this real mm-hmm. unity with mm-hmm. legitimate diversity. We don't handle that combination yeah. well together, right? I mean, not not diversity in doctrine or or faith or, hey, I think there's nine sacraments, no. right? You there know? are these very human things that are, yeah. right, just, just very human things that, that, that touch right. our brothers. So like the older, younger guys, it's a common divide in presbyterates, right? Or... Uh, you know, I went to Rome, you know, I came back and because I went to Rome, like a bunch of guys just automatically didn't like me because I went to Rome. I didn't ask to go to Rome. I got sent to Rome. You know, right. like you promise obedience. I thought right. it started now. Uh, so so I can have a, a bias against guys that didn't go to Rome, you know, like. Or I'm a JP2 priest. Yeah, or a Francis not, priest. Yeah, or Francis yeah. priest, right? right. And, and I think tragically, too, I mean, because, I mean, we swim in the world, right? I mean, we see that. Unfortunately, there's some, there's some racism. Oh, there's Even more than in a the little racism in a presbyterate. In fact, mm-hmm. we've had a number of priests. You know, it's increasingly common now in a presbyterate for there to be missionary priests with us. You know, some of our dioceses in the United States are actually mm-hmm. considered mission dioceses. Yeah for other countries, you know? So mm-hmm. Indian priests come to us or a variety of guys from Africa come to us. There's, there are places in the world where vocations are booming because marriage and family right. life is strong and they're sending their guys to us. And then right. oftentimes they come to us and they're not welcomed well, right? you know? And, and so lest it sound like we're like pointing fingers. I mean, th- this, is, this is in all of us too, right, Father John? I mean, we can all be sources of division, but the beautiful thing about what it is we saw was as these things got voiced and shared out, there was this real movement towards forgiveness among the brothers, real repentance in their own personal prayer. And then as they came to us for a prayer ministry and at the foundation of all healing, and we say this all the time that how does the church get well? Well, it's through these three essential principles, right? You know, the uh, reacquiring a, uh, a biblical worldview, and it's not enough to be a staff. We need to be a family. And then God is the architect. That's the way we get well. But I think underlying all of that, it gets healed through forgiveness. That, that That's like that deep ground that has to be tilled up. Yeah, or maybe we could say there's no way to become a healthy family Until, if we don't forgive each other and repent, right? Right, right. Um, so, you know, we, we said to, uh, to the brothers in the, in the convocations, we talk often about, uh, you know, it's not enough to be a staff. We have to be a team, and we have to be more than a team. We have to be a family. But the first and most important team that has to become healthy in any diocese is the presbyterate. Is the presbyterate. Right. We are only as strong as our foundations. And that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this podcast episode is just to plead with people especially in these days of Easter leading into Pentecost, to pray for a massive outpouring upon whatever presbyterate 
serves you. So if you're a lay faithful or a member of the lay faithful in a diocese, pray for healing, for unity, for repentance, for, for reconciliation. Yeah, for mm-hmm. forgiveness in the priests, in your diocese or archdiocese. Please, please pray for the places where we've just come from because God's doing extraordinary things, but it's going to take courage Amen. for these guys, right, to take the next step. And we can help each other by that's that. Right. You know, we can, right. we, can, we can help move people. That's the power of prayer. We just got a great uh, text from uh, our Marine friends, Sharon and Stephanie, another shout out to the two of you talking about we are laying down what they called suppressive fire. Father, tell us what that means. We, yeah. had, to, we had to look it up and it's this. just mind blowing. So this is what we're calling for. We're asking you to lay down, brothers and sisters, suppressive fire for the presbyterates where you belong. And so one of the people described a suppressive fire as denying, think of the enemy, like here, the enemy here is the devil and all his minions and all their uh, Mm -hmm. attempts to divide and and to uh, put us at odds with each other. Denying the enemy freedom of fire and maneuver through the intelligent employment of our own fires for the purpose of advancing our freedom to fire and maneuver in order to ultimately destroy the enemy. So now let's think of that in terms of what we're trying to do here. We want to, through prayer, call down an inability for the enemy, the devil and his minions, to continue to wreak havoc in a presbyterate. So that's what we're calling for God to do, to to so uh, suppress the enemy and his tactics, his strategies, First, by exposing them, then by leading guys to repentance, then by leading guys to go to one another and ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and then to start working for unity, all so that um, we can become what we're supposed to be, right? Because there's no way we're going to welcome anybody into the church. If we look like the rest of the world. Exactly, right? right. And, and as you mentioned, Mary, mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, this isn't just true in the presbyterate. It's true of us. It's true of me. Yeah, you know, like, so we want to call all of us in these days heading into Pentecost, Lord, stir up in me anything I need to repent of for being a source of division in the church. And then if we need to reconcile with people, let's let's go and say, you know, like, hey, I, I need to ask your forgiveness. Uh, don't say I'm sorry. Say I want to repent and ask your forgiveness That's right. for being a source of division. Those are powerful right? words. And we saw a lot of tears shed on behalf of our brothers. And it was beautiful. You saw real healing happening. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was just an anointed time. So This is what God wants to do. This is what he's doing. And he wants to push it even further. And that's going to happen to the degree that our prayer, laid down like suppressive fire, <laughs> will move hearts to be able to repent to reconcile, and to become one. Pentecost is coming. Pentecost is about a lot of things, but maybe one of the most foundational things it's about is the undoing of Babel, where one became many. I just hit the microphone. Sorry about that. I was so excited. One became many, and God puts the many back into one without ceasing to be many, right? Which means now we have legitimate diversity. I recognize you as a woman. You're different than me as a man. You have Mm -hmm. things that I don't have, gifts and talents that I don't have, perspectives that I don't have. And that's a good thing. So I'm looking at our beautiful crucifix here in the podcast room, and I'm remembering the the high priestly prayer of Jesus before he went to the cross for us, that we would all be one. 
please God that we are starting to see the desire of his heart. Amen. So remember, Aslan's on the move. Yes, things are getting tense in places, right? Stuff's happening in the church. Stuff's happening in the culture. But that's oftentimes a sign that God is acting. We're stirring things up. His spirit's stirring things up. And because this is true, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this.